I think so. I mean, I bought them there. I want to be cool. Someday I'll be cute, so I can wear those cool shoes. God bless. Thank you. I oh, you got it. it. Yeah. Good morning. Um, I don't know about you, but this summer has flown by, and school starts up in a few weeks, and I can't say I'm really ready for school. I'm actually not ready for school. But it's been a great summer, and I'm very thankful for, for it. Um, before I start off, uh, I'm not really preaching. I, I don't have a really deep message to share with you, but I just want to share with you a little bit about my story this summer and a little bit about what God is teaching me. And um, I'm excited that I get to share with you this morning. And first off, I'm really thankful for your prayers. I know some of you have prayed for me while I was stuck in the airport, and I needed that for my sanity, and uh, thank you. Um, Also, before I start, I want to give you a few facts about Estonia, just so you know a little bit about where it is. Because how many of you know right off the top of your head where Estonia is? Raise your hand, except for like my parents and Pastor Gary, because they've... Okay, good, there's like two of you. So, um... It's actually in Europe, and I wish I had it on the slide, but I don't. But it's right next to Russia, and actually, all my friends in Estonia would be really mad at me for saying that it's right next to Russia. It's actually above Latvia. We don't talk about Russia in Estonia. And um, one thing about Estonia is there are more people in Atlanta, Georgia, than in all of Estonia, which just is crazy. It's a really small country, and it's very quaint. Another thing is, just like every country in Europe, um, it's very spiritually dead. And it is either the most or the second most irreligious country in all of Europe. So there is definitely a need for the gospel there. Um, Estonia was occupied by the USSR for many, many years. And it wasn't until 1991 that it received its independence. And I love their story about... Uh, their revolution because it's called the singing revolution because when they protested they protested through song and through singing instead of violence and actually they boast that not a single drop of blood was shed in their entire revolution and that is just really crazy and just really awesome and um, there's a documentary called the singing revolution and it is just very inspiring to watch Another thing that you might not know about Estonia is that Pastor Gary has been to Estonia. And uh, what year did you go there? Do you... Uh, 92, so a year... Okay, so just a few years after their uh, revolution took place. That's really cool. And and I think it's a little different than when you were there. It's come a long way. I know you told me there's a lot of poverty, and I did see a lot of poverty when I was there, but not I'm sure not like what you have seen. Um, Estonia has really advanced itself, and they actually came up with Skype. So Estonia is the home to Skype, and I Skyped when I was there, because you kind of have to if it's the home of Skype. And uh, it's come a long way. And also, before I continue, Emily's going to play a video. It's a highlight video of my time there, and you can see just a few clips of uh, some of my friends and some of the camps I was at. And it's, it's, I just finished the video this morning, so it's, it's, it's not quite done yet. There's, like, writing on it, and it goes a little fast, so I'm sorry if you can't read it. But um, I just wanted to share it with you, even though it's not quite done. So Emily's going to pull that up. Do I need to move? I think she's going to pull that up. 
a little highlight of uh, what I did this summer, and um, I don't know if you know exactly what I was doing in Estonia this summer. I uh, had a video internship with Riste Church, and 
I basically did a lot of their videos for uh, their new building they bought. I did a lot of camp videos and a lot of promo videos for any event that they were doing. And basically, before I left to go to Estonia, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I didn't know any of the language. I knew nothing. All I knew is that I was going to be going on a plane and flying to a country next to Russia. And so, at the end of May, I boarded a plane. Me and my friend Ben, who's also from the same school as me, we flew from Pittsburgh to Georgia, from Georgia to Amsterdam, and then from Amsterdam to Estonia. And that flight sort of set up the whole trip for me because the stewardess she came out and I just woke up and she had these two sandwiches and she was like oh do it do it or I do it and I was kind of like I'm sorry what did you say into it or I do it and I was like I'll take that one and I thought it looked the best but it actually was the worst one because it was herring and I don't like fish so that I should have realized that I was going to have problems with the language the whole trip and about 95% of the time I didn't know what was going on for 2 months. So I didn't eat the sandwich. I thought that that would be okay cuz we had an hour left of the flight. It was evening, we're getting ready to land. So I sat back in my seat, I drank my apple juice and I watched the sunset at 11:30 at night. We then land and we know that this guy named Melis is going to pick us up. He has our pictures. We have no idea what he looks like, but he knows what we look like. We go out there with our bags, we 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 wait, we see a guy and we're like, "Hi," he walks past us. So we go this way and we're like, "Hi," they walk past us. Now it's been an hour. And then it's been 2 hours. And after the third hour, you begin to wonder maybe something happens and then We were there all night long and uh we had no computers uh they were dead we had no food except for a little bit of candy and we ate that all in the first hour and uh we had nothing and eventually we found two computers that were really slow we were able to get on Facebook and tell Craig the missionary we were going with that we were in the airport and it turns out he thought we were coming the next day and um It was crazy because we're sitting in the airport. The sun just set at 11:30. You know, we kind of take a few short cat naps and we wake up and the sun is rising and we're like, "This is great. It's morning." But actually it was only 4 o'clock in the morning. So, that was something to get used to. But anyways, um Craig ended up sending a friend and uh he helped us get on the bus and we bussed to Tartu, Estonia. And Tartu is just a beautiful beautiful city it's the second biggest city but it's small and quaint and i enjoyed calling it home for my two months while i was there i stayed with a missionary named beth and or steven his wife beth and um i roomed with another intern named kevin and he was crazy and so at restay church basically like i said i made videos for their new church building and um i did everything they told me to do everything and uh basically basically if they told me to clean out the tech closet i had to do it uh i know when they bought their new building i helped tear down walls and tear off uh tile and then i would have to set up chairs for sunday morning services and they made me play ping pong so that was something i don't like ping pong so i'm bad at it but that was fun and restate church is really really cool um 
It's very community focused. And I do want to show you one more video. It's also about um, Restay. And, and it explains the heart of the church a little better than I can. Um, it is a fundraising video that I helped put together, and so it's asking for money, but it really does explain um, the heart of the church, and it shows a great picture of what Tartu Estonia is like. And so, Emily, could you please play that? As a Rista church, we say that we are a community of ordinary people whose lives have been changed by Jesus and are being changed by Jesus. And because of that, we want to live as a family sent out to serve our city and to make disciples here in Tartu, Estonia. Ten years ago, we started doing youth ministry in our city, and we did, this, we did see some fruits. But a couple of years into it, we started feeling that God's leading us to something else, and that was church planting. And I remember how we didn't like that idea, because that was something we didn't know anything about. And there had been no churches planted in our country for years. And so the pastors and leaders around us said that you shouldn't do it, because we already have enough empty churches, and we don't need another one like that. But six years ago, Rista was started as a local church. And over the years, we have learned a lot what it means to make disciples in our culture, in our context. And we have learned that uh, having whatever cool building or however relevant and fun events, that's not the best first step for people to take towards a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But it had to start by us learning to live out the gospel individually and corporately. People around us had to see how it changes our everyday life. So what we learned was that our own living rooms and our backyards had to become front doors of the church. And for me and my family, it meant that we didn't invite any more people to come to Sunday service with us. But we opened our home and we started uh, inviting our friends and neighbors over, getting to know them. We started organizing these uh, backyard parties where the community came together. And we did see how something strange happened. Closed Estonians found friends with each other, and now we are praying for many neighbors, for many families, and we have seen many of them take steps towards Christ, and we are hoping and praying for a breakthrough in many of their lives. So, in Rista Church, we are convinced that church is not a building, and it's not a date and time and Sunday, but it is a community of ordinary people living their lives as a family sent out to serve the city and this country. Within the last five years of the church, we've changed seven different locations. And now we have the opportunity of buying a building that places us in an area where a third of Tartus population lives. And there are currently no churches present in this area. You, you look around and see building after building and you're struck with the need, the great need that this area presents us with. And we want to walk into it and, and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus serving a community in great need. This facility lets us be open to everybody. We believe we are a family. We've been kicked out of the last facility because we have been uh, ministering to homeless people and the owners didn't like homeless people attending our gatherings. And as a family, we want to be inclusive, not exclusive. We also believe that we are servants. Rather than spending so much time and energy and resources and people moving things around from place to place, being in one 
location with all of our ministries, we will be able to focus on serving our city better. This facility has an opportunity to be a blessing, uh, not just to our church family, but to our city and to the country of Estonia. We'll be able to have our offices, our worship facility, our children's facilities, all under one roof. We will be able to have offices for the church, also for COMA, our national ministry, as well as our church planting ministry. This gives us an opportunity to, to really have a launching pad for the many opportunities that God is giving us um, throughout the country. So we'll be able to have an auditorium that will seat about 150 people, uh, and that will really be a blessing, a place for our bands to practice, a place for uh, different groups to gather throughout the week. As a father of four, one of the things I'm most excited about is a dedicated children's facility. Throughout the years, we have used many different places, including a nightclub, but this will give us four dedicated rooms for the children to gather in whenever we have our larger church gatherings. It gives them a place to play, to pray, to learn, and to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a lot of work that's going to have to be done, and a lot of things are going to have to be cleaned up, fixed, painted, and uh, we're just so excited to get started with this project. We hope that you would consider being a part of it. Over the last four weeks, we have seen God opening some amazing doors. And as a result, we have been able to purchase this facility. It provides really exciting opportunities for us to move into the future. And we have also figured out how to make it self-sustainable so it wouldn't be an additional burden on the church as we go on from here. But what we do need your help with is the renovation of this space. The budget for that is set to be 65,000 US dollars. And we invite you to be part of that story with us so that we could be a self-sustaining and a growing church that continues to serve this city and our country. We thank you so much and may God bless you richly for everything. So, it, sorry, it was a little hard to hear, but he says a line in there that I love and he says it's not just about a Sunday morning service at a certain building at a particular time and date. But it's about a community of ordinary believers, and I love that. And that is really what this church is all about. Uh, they're very focused on going out into their community and inviting their friends and their neighbors and their family to their houses. They each do it about once a week. And so their focus isn't Sunday morning, but their focus is pretty much all the time. And that's what I really like about um, that church. And I was really uh, honored to be able to witness it. Uh, my friend Daniel, who is also my boss, he, he loves ping pong, and so that's why I had to play ping pong. But he would go out at like 3 in the morning, and they, there was a brand new ping pong table out in the city center, and him and his friends would play on it. And uh, they began to meet people there and make new friends, and slowly they invited those friends to join with them in their small groups and to hang out and go see movies with them. And, and their friends aren't Christians yet, but they're beginning to ask questions. And I think that really reminded me that sharing God's love isn't just going up and giving someone a track, or it's not even going up and reading to strangers Bible verses, but it's simply making friends over playing ping pong. Um, speaking of friends, I've made a lot of friends on this trip, and, and that's something that God's been teaching me is because I'm really shy. And um, I'm really shy. And I have a hard time talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. I would rather give a speech like this in front of a million people, I think, than have to talk to someone I don't know. 
And God's been showing me that that's not always the case, that I can talk to people. And I began to meet a friend um, named Rauno and his friend Raymond, and they're crazy. They are two crazy guys. They're 18, no, they're, they're 18 and 19, and they're Christians, but they're the kind of Christians that go out and have a good time, you know, after church. They, they're they always drunk, and Rauno informed me he shouldn't get drunk because he's on parole, but I, I don't know how that works. Um, but I really enjoyed getting to know these two, and Rauno and I talked, and his story is, is interesting. Uh, Daniel told me about Rauno, that he's an up-and-down Christian. He He's not consistent in his faith. And then Rauno, or Raymond has a very interesting story as well. He and Rauno have always been friends. But recently, a couple months ago, Raymond sort of stole Rauno's girlfriend, and so they kind of broke up after that. And Raymond had heart problems. And he went to this big youth conference that I helped out with called Bible Days in Estonia, and God healed him of his heart. And uh, he dedicated his life to God. And since then, him and Rauno have become even better friends than they were before. And since Raymond has been a Christian, it's inspired Rauno to grow a little bit, just a little bit. And I've had a good time talking to Rauno about the Bible and about God and about drinking. And uh, I I was really sad to leave them because I know they have a lot to grow, um, a lot more to grow. And another friend I made was Casper. And Casper helped me out a lot my first two weeks because there's a lot to get used to in Estonia. Casper taught me the culture. He told me a little bit of the language. I didn't know any of the language when I got there. I didn't know how to say hello. I didn't know how to count. I didn't know how to say please or thank you. And, and he taught me how to count to three. Oops, cox, kom. And basically I learned when everyone was laughing at me is because I'm not saying one, two, three. I'm basically saying um, box, fat, eyebrow. So that didn't work out very well. <laughs> but he tried. He tried. Casper showed me how to shop. They go shopping every day at the grocery store because there's no preservatives in their food. And he showed me what bread to buy and what bread not to buy and how to buy the bread and what money to use. And, and, and that when you give your money to the counter, you don't hand it hand to hand. You put it on the counter and then the cashier lady picks it up. And it, it, just a lot to remember. And Casper told me that everyone knows I'm American because of my tennis shoes. So he told me to buy new shoes, and I, I did. You know, I, I bought new shoes. And so I tried to fit in, but it was hard to. It was hard adjusting. Like I said, the sun, the sun didn't set till late, late at night, and then it rose early on, and so the birds would chirp all morning long, and that was... And it was a, like scary chirping, like deep guttural chirping. It was... I felt like I was in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds every morning I was there. An interesting thing is they put cucumbers in everything, on everything, and salads are cucumbers and tomatoes. They put cucumbers in the water. They just are obsessed, uh, unhealthy obsession with cucumbers, I think. Uh, they eat a lot of potatoes, but they have no peanut butter there, which is really disheartening. No Oreos, no Doritos. Really, really sad. And graduation is really cool there. Um, everyone goes to everyone's graduation, and you wait outside, and when they walk through the door, you give them flowers, regardless if they're a guy or not, you give them flowers. And then you hug them, and you tell them, well, if they're a girl, you tell them they look very beautiful. And um, I had to buy a lot of chocolate uh, when it was graduation season. And that was the culture. And you always take your shoes off at the door. It's always polite to do that. 
You always buy chocolate for every reason. If you're going to someone's house, you buy chocolate for them. If you're going to watch a movie with people, you buy chocolate at the movie. So I spent a lot of money on chocolate. Estonia is very different than America, and it took uh, some time getting used to. One night as I was going to bed, um, while it was still daylight out, actually no, because I only went to bed before midnight, I think, once, um, But as I was going to bed, I started to think about how the Christian life is like moving to a new country, and it's embracing a new culture. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. It's as if we have flown away from our old country, our old self, and we must live a new one. And once we become Christians, we no longer belong to our sinful self. But we become citizens of the kingdom of God, and we must live as God's people. I remember Emily once was quoting, I think Tozer, but I'm not sure. And the quote goes, um, as Christians, we must live as if we have died and are living in the kingdom of heaven. And um, I really like that quote, because we are supposed to have a new mindset, a kingdom mindset that compels us to act like Christ. We can compare that mindset to a country's culture. You see, my American culture compels me to think a certain way. It compels me to think individualistically. It compels me to talk loud and to love peanut butter. But people from another culture, they think differently. They aren't so individualistically mind... They don't have an individualistic mindset. They're more community-oriented. Estonia wasn't that way, but some cultures are... So in order for us to fit into a different culture, we need to change the way we think. We have to erase, in our case, our American mindset from our heads and start dressing differently, buying new shoes, eating new foods, talking quietly, and so on. As Christians, we are called to take off our old self and to put on Christ. Ephesians 4, 17-24 says, I'm going to make it fast because I'm running out of time. But Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have, come, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, and the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We're supposed to walk as Christ, and to love and to grow in the Spirit of God. We're supposed to be filled with His Spirit, and we're supposed to be overflowing in love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, and so on. But a lot of the times, and sometimes we aren't. Over the last two months in Estonia, there were times where I just wanted to be in America very much, especially when the group was going to the sauna. (laughs) Um, You see, sauna is huge over there, and they do it weekly, and uh, it's like a huge thing, and I just don't get it. I just don't want to sit in a room full of undressed people sitting there and sweating. Like, I just don't want to do that. And, And they asked me like five times, and each time I found an excuse, and I just did not want to do it. And my last night there, I thought, 
I probably should have done this, because it's huge, huge in their culture, and it means a lot to them. But I couldn't get past the awkwardness of it from an American perspective. I couldn't get past that. I kept going back to my American mindset. And now I kind of regret it, sort of, uh, (laughs) because it is such a big thing to them. So if only I wasn't so concerned about American culture, maybe I would have experienced an Estonian sauna. We do the same thing in our Christian life, though. We're living as a part of God's kingdom, but sometimes we're so concerned with our old culture, with our old selves, and we forget to walk in love, and we walk in sin instead, and we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is not okay. It's not. How can we say we're the people of God if we don't act like it? I know I don't always live like Christ lives, or lived and and lives, but what about you? Do you image God? Do you mirror Christ? When people see you, do they see Christ? You see, we need to constantly be evaluating our life daily, and we need to see where we're messing up, and we need to see and pray to God to help us remove the old traces of our life. We need to daily ask God to renew our minds and to live with a kingdom mindset, one that is focused on love and justice and mercy. So I hope I didn't bore you to tears because it's running a little late, but I'm, I'm glad I got to share a little bit about my trip. And I'm just very thankful that we are Christ's people and we don't have to fall back to our old ways, but that we can live like Christ and we can further his kingdom here on earth. Before I pray, I want to read one last scripture, and it's Romans 12, 1. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now I'm going to pray. God, thank you for word of life. Thank you for the people who are here, and I love every single one of them. Thank you for this summer, and, and thank you for the new school year that's about to start. I pray, God, that you help us live like you, that you help give us and renew our mind so that we are living in that kingdom mindset, God. Help renew our minds every day and help others to see us, or to see you, when they look at us. In your name I pray, amen.